Welcome to Mars Messina Presents. I am Mars and today is Saturday, July 24th, 2021. Today for episode 16, we're going to try something a little bit different here. I don't have a topic or a single topic today. Instead, I'm going to report on news from this past week. But what I'm going to try to do is report on news items that didn't necessarily make it to page one or even page 46, and certainly not on your favorite local news station. However, if you have heard any or all of these news items before, I am begging pardon because you're going to have to hear it again. So, sans further ado, in my best Oprah voice, Hello and welcome to Messina on the Scene, nightly news, and I am Mars Messina. The most misspelled words in the United States. We're going to go down a list here. In 12 states of our favorite nation, quarantine is spelled corn teen. That's right, C-O-R-N, first word, T-E-E-N. That's how 12 states spell quarantine. And in other places in the nation, coronavirus is spelled C-A-R-O-N rather than C-O-R-O-N-A, corona, which is the Spanish word for... Um, sorry, (laughs) I know this. I'm just trying to wake up here. It's like a crown or a halo, something around your head. Corona. The third um, most misspelled word in the United States is witch. W-H-I-C-H. It is often spelled W-I-C-H or like the lady who rides around on a broom. Witch. W-H-I-C-H. Believe, receive, and peace often have their I's and E's switched around. I before E, except after C, except for receive, perceive. But this is the English language. It's, It's not easy when you compare it to other languages of the world. It's kind of a utilitarian language. It's not very user-friendly. Well, it's user-friendly because it's utilitarian, but you can't sing it like Italian, you know? Um, With Italian, if it sounds right, it's right. With English, a whole different ballgame. California and Rhode Island had problems with the vowels in the word separate. North Carolina had problems with the consonants in the word exercise. Delaware left out the first N in government. The word that Florida most often Googles for word spelling is pharaoh. That's right, like an Egyptian pharaoh. 
But getting back to quarantine, is that related to carrot teen or the runt of the family beta carotene? And I hear they have a cousin in Canada called poutine. Do the children of the corn grow up to be corn teens? And really, folks, how is pharaoh the most looked up word in Florida? Moving along, there have been about two dozen reports of symptoms of mysterious health incidents similar to the Havana syndrome among U.S. diplomats, intelligence officers, and other government personnel in Vienna since the beginning of the year, according to two sources familiar with the matter. These news reports demonstrate that these mysterious incidents are ongoing despite commitments from President Joe Biden's top national security team to double down on investigating the matter. A handful of the impacted personnel have had to be medevaced from Vienna and are now receiving medical assistance in the U.S., the sources said. It is unclear what the State Department is doing to protect the U.S., personnel, the current U.S. personnel in Vienna from future potential attacks, and there are some frustrations about not enough being done at the department to protect their workforce. U.S. diplomats who were not aware of these reported incidents told CNN that these attacks could impact where they decide they want to serve, particularly for the diplomats who have children. There have been reported incidents of cases in other places around the world, but Vienna is the only place where there is a current cluster of cases, according to the sources. Which gets me thinking, if there really are far more incidents than just this one, and it spans multiple years and multiple embassies in multiple countries? If that's true, and they are all related, this is certainly alarming, and we probably should be concerned. Maybe it's time to bring back food tasters. Louisiana. Louisiana's largest private hospital, Our Lady of the Lake Medical Center in Baton Rouge, has more COVID patients right now than any other hospital in the state. They admitted 23 patients in 24 hours over last weekend and filled up an entire floor of the hospital with just those patients. CBS News's lead national correspondent, David Bagnaud, has given access to one of the COVID units. Was given access. I think I said has given access. No, he was given access to one of the COVID units. I honest to God thought I walked my last day on this earth. I could not breathe. I just... All of a sudden, 
My lungs just didn't work, Paula Johnson told Bergnau. She was rushed to the hospital by ambulance. I have no comorbidities, nothing, never had a lung problem, don't smoke, nothing. And it took my lungs and just, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like trying to breathe in and and hitting a wall in like a second. Johnson is a pharmaceutical researcher who put off getting the vaccine. Now she wants it. I'd say get the vaccine. Take the chance. It can't hurt. All it can do is alleviate some of the symptoms. Even if it doesn't keep you from getting it, it will at least help you get through it, Johnson said. Roughly one in three Louisianans are fully vaccinated. This week, the state's health department reported the highest number of COVID-19 hospitalizations since late February. Scott Rowe is one of them. Here I am recovering, getting out of here finally tomorrow. Am I going to get a vaccine? No, Rowe said because there's too many issues with the vaccines. This father, former baseball coach, small business owner, and hunter caught COVID and then developed pneumonia. Hunter is a really interesting way of describing himself. An Indonesian man is reportedly facing arrest after disguising himself as his wife in order to board a flight. The man, who has been publicly identified only by the initials DW, boarded a CityLink domestic flight from Jakarta to Ternate while wearing a niqab that covered him from head to toe, reports CNN affiliate CNN Indonesia. The disguise was intended to enable the man to fly, even though he had reportedly tested positive for COVID-19. His wife, however, had tested negative, so he used her ID and negative PCR test results in order to board the plane at Halim Perdana Kusuma Airport in Jakarta, says the report. A flight attendant reportedly told authorities that she saw DW go into an airplane bathroom, then come out wearing men's clothes instead of the niqab, a full-face veil with an opening for the eyes. She notified airport authorities in Ternate, who detained the passenger upon disembarking from the plane. An on-site health official immediately tested the man for COVID-19, and the PCR test came back positive, according to officials. Now that man, that DW, he should have done his research. That trick is only something Bugs Bunny can pull off. From NPR, it's the hidden U.S.-Mexico border wall, war, war, U.S.-Mexico border war. 
For years, Mexican fishermen have crossed into U.S. waters to illegally catch high-priced red snapper. It has become a multi-million dollar black market. The Mexican cartel is involved. Texas fishermen are outraged, and the federal government can't seem to stop it. The U.S. Coast Guard on South Padre Island has a -a one-of-a-kind mission among the 197 stations across the nation's seacoasts. Their chief enforcement activity entails bouncing across the swells of the lower Texas Gulf in pursuit of wily Mexican fishing boats filled with plump, rosy fish destined for seafood houses in Mexico City and Houston. These are the Red Snapper Poachers. You can use that name for your band. United States Coast Guard! Stop your vessel! Stop your vessel! Yells a Coastie in his bullhorn as the 900-horsepower fast-pursuit boat pulls alongside the Mexican lancha. Four Mexican fishermen try to outrun it, but thought better and throttled down. The fishermen were handcuffed, their catches confiscated, and the boat is towed back to the Coast Guard station. Scenes like this, captured on Coast Guard video, have become more and more common. Interdictions of illegal fishing boats have soared from nine seizures in 2010 to 148 incidents last year with 547 Mexican fishermen detained and released without charges. I say build a wall around the edge of the U.S. waters and get Mexico to pay for it. But seriously... I say open up on these low-profile fast boats with a deck gun, and eventually they will stop. I mean, seriously, this is a huge problem and something needs to be done. This is how we F up our planet. It's becoming increasingly obvious that the planet will fight us back. Illegal fishermen are the reason there was so much piracy off the coast of Africa. Illegal fishing, mostly in Asian countries, wiped out the native commercial fish stocks and left locals with no alternative except starvation. So screw these illegal fishermen. Treat them like they're drug dealers. Or actually treat them worse than we treat our drug dealers because they get away with it too. Moving along. As an extreme drought grips California, making water increasingly scarce, thieves are making off with billions of gallons of the precious resource, tapping into fire hydrants, rivers, and even small family homes and farms. State and local officials say water theft is a long-running issue, But the intensifying drought has driven the thefts 
to record levels as reservoirs dry up and bandits make off with stolen water, often to cultivate the growth of illegal marijuana crops. Water stealing has never been more severe, said John Norris, head of the California Department of Fish and Wildlife Marijuana Enforcement Team. The agency has been fighting the thefts for years, usually in rural areas of the parched state, that have been devastating communities, he said. More than 12 billion gallons of water are estimated to have been stolen across the state since 2013, impacting legitimate farming operations, drinking water sources, Native American tribes, and small communities, Norris said. Officials say the thieves are getting their hands on water by breaking into secure water stations, drilling into water lines, tapping into fire hydrants, and using violence and threats against farmers, making off with truckloads of water for their crops under the cover of darkness. Well, you know, when I was growing up, I had these neo-hippie school teachers who always told us that climate change would eventually lead to wars being fought over natural resources that we used to take for granted, especially water. And I think this is just the beginning. And no, this is not a Mad Max sequel. This is our lives, our collective life and our individual lives. Do your part in using water more mindfully, but write to your local officials about doing something about these poachers, water poachers. Jeez. Ugh. Moving on to lighter news. Sasha Pitan, I'm going with Pitan, 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 I'll go with Pitan. Sasha Pitan was on a hike near her home in Idaho Falls, Idaho, when she realized something was wrong. The trek was just a few miles and not strenuous, but a rash was spreading along the crease above her thigh. Patan quickly identified the cause. Like many members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, she wears a white two-piece set of sacred temple garments, which are functionally underwear almost all of the time. After another painful hike, Patan reluctantly stopped wearing the garments when exercising and occasionally, occasionally removed them overnight. I'm starting that one over again. After another painful hike, Patan reluctantly stopped wearing the garments when exercising and occasionally removed them overnight. Both changes felt significant since church, church members have historically been encouraged to wear the garments night and day. But they were simply too uncomfortable. And she did not stop there. Last month, Patan posted several cheerfully directed pleas to Instagram, where she discusses church culture as at the Mormon hippie, 
We really want buttery, soft fabric, she said, addressing her comments to the church's 96-year-old president, Russell M. Nelson. My vagina has to breathe. Piton 33 had tapped into a familiar, a familiar problem that few women in the church felt bold enough to discuss publicly. Her posts drew thousands of comments and private messages in which women vented their frustrations with the holy apparel. Itchy hems, bunchy seams, pinching waistbands, and even chronic yeast infections caused by fabric that does not breathe. It's sacred, one commenter wrote, but it's still actual underwear. See, folks, women really are different. Men breathe with their lungs. One night, a Mormon woman had a dream. She dreamed she was walking along the beach with the Lord. Across the dark sky flashed scenes from her life. For each scene, she noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to her and one belonging to the Lord. After the last scene of her life flashed before her, she looked back at the footprints in the sand. She noticed that at many times along the path of her life, especially at the very lowest and saddest times, there was only one set of footprints. This really troubled her, so she asked the Lord about it. Lord, you, you said once I decided to follow you, you'd walk with me all the way. But I noticed that during the saddest and most troublesome times in my life, there was only one set of footprints. I don't understand why, when I needed you most, you would leave me. He whispered, My precious child, I love you and will never leave you, never ever, during your trials and testings. For when you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that an E. coli colony hitched a ride in your urethra, and I carried you. Tissue. I told myself I wasn't going to cry, but I'm crying. The U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission is suing a Minnesota company alleging discrimination by firing an employee who refused to be fingerprinted on the basis of his Christian faith. Ascension Point Recovery Services, which manages debt recovery for creditors, did not look for a way to accommodate Henry Harrington's religious beliefs before ending his employment, according to the EEOC lawsuit. The agency says alternatives to fingerprinting are available. Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 prohibits discrimination based on religion and requires employers to reasonably accommodate an applicant's or an employee's 
religious practice unless it would pose an undue hardship. An employee should not have to choose between his faith and his livelihood, Gregory Gauchanauer, the EEOC's regional attorney in the Chicago District Office, said in a news release. The suit does not specify how fa- the suit does not specify how fingerprinting would violate Harrington's faith, and he could not be reached for comment. There have been previous similar cases in Pennsylvania. A Christian school bus driver was fired by Altoona Student Transportation in 2015 after refusing, for religious reasons, to be fingerprinted for a background check, which was required under a newly enacted state law. Bonnie Kate, Katie? Bonnie Katie said, being fingerprinted would leave, quote, the mark of the devil on her, which she believes is prohibited by the Bible's book of Revelation and would stop her from getting into heaven. She asked to undergo a different kind of background check, but AST denied the request. In 2015, the EEOC won an award of nearly $600,000 on behalf of West Virginia coal miner Beverly Butcher Jr., a devout evangelical Christian who had retired under protest several years earlier rather than submit to biometric hand scanning. The newly implemented system requires workers to scan their right hands while checking in or out of a shift as a way to track their hours. According to court documents, Butcher believes, and quote, the Mark of the Beast brands followers of the Antichrist, fearing the hand-scanning system would mark him if he used either hand. The miner offered to check in with his shift supervisor or to punch in on a time clock. A Consul Energy Human Resources Supervisor responded by giving Butcher a letter from the scanner's manufacturer that said the device cannot detect or place a mark on somebody's body. The letter also said that because the mark of the beast is associated only with the right hand or the forehead, using the left hand would be sufficient to avoid any religious concerns. At about the same time, unbeknownst to Butcher, the company was allowing two employees who could not scan either hand because of injuries to enter their personnel numbers on a keypad attached to the system, court documents say. A July 25, 2012 email authorized that accommodation for the two employees and denied it to Butcher saying, let's make our religious objector use his left hand. The EEOC sued, and at the end of the trial, a federal jury awarded Butcher $150,000 in compensatory damages. During a later hearing, a judge ordered Consul Energy to also pay $436,860 in lost pay and benefits. 
You know, I am all for religious freedom and the freedom to practice the way one wishes, but handprints are pretty damned important if you're working in a mine. You can fake clocking in and out. You can give your PIN number to a buddy, but you can't fake handprints. And since you're working in a mine that can collapse, people knowing exactly who is underground comes in handy. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for bedtime stories from the acoustic bookshelf. And for some reason, I feel like reading the poem, The Second Coming by W.B. Yeats. Turning and turning in the widening gyre, the falcon cannot hear the falconer. Things fall apart, the center cannot hold. Mere anarchy is loosed upon the world. The blood-dimmed tide is loosed, and everywhere the ceremony of innocence is drowned. The best lack all conviction, while the worst are full of passionate intent intensity. Surely some revelation is at hand. Surely the second coming is at hand. The second coming. Hardly are those words out when a vast image of Spiritus Mundi troubles my sight. Somewhere in sands of the desert, a shape with lion body and the head of a man, a gaze blank and pitiless as the sun is moving its slow thighs while all about it real shadows of the indignant desert birds. The darkness drops again, and now I know that 20 centuries of stony sleep were vexed to nightmare by a rocking cradle. And what rough beast it's our come round at last, slouches towards Bethlehem to be born. Be your own good news this coming week. We all need you to. And I bid you, Buena Notte.